Hello and welcome to the Park University's Outside the Wire podcast, where veterans' voices are heard. Hi, I am Kyle, the host. Uh, sitting next to me is Matt, and on the far end is Gary. And I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you, and then I'll end it off, and then we'll move to the next topic. My name is Matt. I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran. Hey, I'm Gary Kerr. I'm the uh, um, AVP for strategic partnerships here at Park, as well as our military and veterans affairs. So all that sort of falls under me. Um, I'm a retired Army officer, so I spent 23 years in the Army um, doing great things for God and country. Um, been here at Park for about two years, so I just hit my, my second year coming up next week, actually. Ooh, and I've been right. retired for two years now. Nice. Two years out, two years in here. Yeah. And then I recently got out of the active duty army, um, and I started school here in this spring at Park University as well. Um, so what I want to move into is what what our goals here are at Park University and how we're associated with the Global Warrior Center. Um, first, I'll start off with the SVA president. Uh, what you're working towards to, to, to make it better. Kind of talk to us about what SVA is. So the yeah. Student Veterans of America is a national chapter, and we are just a branch of that here at Park University. My goal for the SVA here is to kind of build that community and networking here so that veterans have that community because it's such an important aspect of life. You sit there, you live with your friends your entire life for your entire service, and you get out and you don't know where to go. School's daunting in itself, so my goal is to have the SBA be more of an advocacy and a resource place to help smooth out that transition while also building a community of people that can get together, hang out, and know who they can lean on when they need help. Absolutely. And that's what's great about the, the Warrior Center here, the physical space that is the, the Warrior Center here in Parkville. You know, we've got about 130 student veterans across the Kansas City metropolitan area, and we've got this amazing facility. And, and one of the, the great things about Park, you know, just to kind of give our, our history, and, and you guys are kind of new, well, you've been here a while, but yeah. you're new. So our, our history is just immensely associated with the military. Um, you know, 1875, we had a Civil War veteran, you know, in our very first class. So from day one, we've had veterans that we are supporting in their transition and their need for education so they can move on to something, something different in society. You know, I, I always kind of like to give that spiel, you know, so 1875 first veteran. Uh, Spanish-American War, we established a military department here, um, so right before, you know, 1900. Um, and we were able to really start training folks on, on military tactics and, and techniques. Um, during World War I, we, we were one of the hosts for the uh, Student Army Training Corps, so SATC. Uh, we hosted about 300 of our, our uh, um, service members that were, were going to go over for World War One, And actually we built one of our, our buildings that was a barracks. So you guys have been to Copley Hall, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a barracks. Yeah. It was that, built for those guys. That explains why it's such a bad building. Heat <laughs> don't work, AC don't work. You wear a jacket outside, but you go inside, you're sweating bullets. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because it was built in 1911. I mean, yeah. come on. And, you know, we love old things here at Park. Um, <laughs> we, we slowly improve them, though. But, I'm you know, it, Go ahead. I'm still burning myself on the radiators in that building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time they decide to have it on. Yep. <laughs> the teachers don't even know how to turn it on anymore. So I'm like, how do you turn it on? I'm like, I think you got to turn this little knob down here. Yep. Steam pipe heating. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and then World War II, we, we hosted what was called the V-12 program for the Navy. We had almost a 1,000 Navy midshipmen here on campus, um, which is really cool. And then as we moved on, um, you know, in 1962, uh, the military recognized that there was a need for um, folks to, to complete their degrees. So you had a lot of officer candidate school officers uh, getting commissioned, but in order to have the commission, you got to have a degree. So they started building out the degree completion program. Um, and then we were one of the very first that got involved in that. So serving military service members from the beginning. 1972, they start, They opened up on our installations. They said, hey, we're, we're gonna welcome um, colleges on our, our military installations, so the education centers. So lots of folks out at our education centers right now. We've got, uh, almost, uh, we've got 30 education centers right now. 
1972, we moved into to 39 education centers on 39 different installations. So really one of the first universities to have a great footprint um, in the community. So meeting service members where they are to make their educational needs really easy. So there's actually like downside. Like why was there a downsize though? From because I know I think we're at what 33. So as as installations kind of went through different changes, um, the way they they work the installation, um, how they invite institutions on installation, it's by degree programs. Mm -hmm. So there's just been changes over the last 50 years in what the degree programs are. So some installations downsized, some increased, um, but we had almost. Um, we had almost 12,000 military service members uh, back in the 1970s as students. And even today, 60% of our, our population are military students. So it's kind of like that's still our, our bread and butter. The that's where we have our, yeah, of the yeah. whole population. Well, and that's the great thing about Park as well. I mean, everywhere you walk, whatever class you're in, there is a veteran. Even if you're in online or you're in person, yeah. both ways. I, I've met both veterans as well as active duty in each of my classes. So it's it has been a good like transition for me to be in active duty into that life because I mean those worlds are different and having somebody to be able to connect to I feel like has been a huge like help towards my my path. Definitely. Yeah. And it and with Park being all across the US, I mean it, you can really go from anywhere, distance as well as you can come on campus here in Parkville. Yeah. And there's other campuses as well, and you can go in person there as long as obviously that degree is is there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, you know we I actually heard it just the other day one of uh, one of the folks that works for me down in Texas. She was talking about you know Park PCS is with you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you were at Fort Bliss, though you didn't right. take classes at Fort Bliss, um, but you could have. Why? Because we've got two campus centers, and, and we've got one in El Paso, and then one actually in uh, in Fort Bliss, in yeah. the or in, in, on the installation. On the installation. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of cool. We go where you are, and, you know, with anywhere between, depending on the year, right, we've got about 5,000 military-affiliated students. Of those, the majority really are active duty. Um, and then the, the rest of them, you know, between a thousand and, and two thousand veterans, you know, across the nation. So it's pretty, pretty incredible. And then we're, you know, you can't forget about the family members that we're serving. Um, and it's, it's great because it's cost effective. So if you're active duty, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to give you the, the tuition assistance rate. It's 250 a credit hour. If you're in the National Guard, 250 a credit hour. And if you're in the reserves, 250 a credit hour. So those are incredible um, benefits. And then if you're an active duty um, dependent or child, uh, or dependent or spouse or child, um, our spouses love it when you call them dependents, by the way. <laughs> um, but if, if you're one of those, then then it's 250 a credit hour. I don't know anybody that's doing that. Yeah. So it's affordable. And you know, it's also gotten easier. So I know when I was still in, you still had to wait till you hit your two year mark in whatever service you were in yeah. to even utilize TA and that's changed now. You could, as soon as you hit the fleet, you're good to start. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's definitely changed on the active duty side mm -hmm. where it's not, because they're pushing that education and honestly, sometimes it can be hard to know where to look, mm -hmm. especially if you haven't done it before. You're coming straight out of high school. It's the same type of mentality where you can just get lost in the sauce, so to say. like. Literally, you are looking at so many options. Even if the best one's right in front of you, it can it can really just and that's be also, scrambled. That's also where a good command comes in. I'm like, are they going to help you, or are they going to sit there? I'm going to drown by myself. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know the information is is out there. It's it's about you just got to go find it. You know, and for any service member that's that's on active duty or in the reserves or guard, you know, you go down to the Ed Center. Uh, I know it seems intuitive right yeah. but most folks aren't really you know you, when you come into the military 
you're not looking to work on college classes. You're trying to figure out what all this crap is about, you know? <laughs> like, we're going to the field. You know, you're just learning your job at that point. Yeah, that, and it's, like, such a structured thing. It's like, do what you're told when you're told. Yeah. And until you move up the ranks, you don't question it. So you're so accustomed to just doing exactly what you're told. If I don't tell you, go to your education center, yeah. and I'm not a good leader, I'm like, hey, what do you want? Like, do you want to go to school or anything? I'm not going to sit there and tell you what to do. Yeah. Like, you're just going to sit there and go field day your room clean your weapon and do whatever other jobs we tell you to do. You can play a lot of video games and try to wake up on time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's the majority nowadays. Yeah. But Well, it's, it's good that, uh, you know, folks just have to, you know, when, when folks are ready, you know, um, to, to get their education, um, you know, parks there for them, other schools are there for them. Absolutely. All you got to do is make their way down to the head center and start thinking about, what do I really want to do? And I think, and you guys can probably attest to this better than I can, but, you know, the, the number one reason I think that a lot of folks initially go from being a, you know, you reach specialist and you want to reach E5, well, guess what you need? You need some promotion points. Yeah. And, and getting, taking classes can get you those promotion points to get you that next step. See, Does Marine Corps that same way? So when I got promoted from a Lance Corporal to Corporal, so E3 to E4, I was the last person or like the last month I got promoted without having to go on a board. Okay. And then I bounced around a lot my first year. I went from Camp Pelton, 1st Main Battalion, to Camp Mujuk, South Korea, yeah. and then to 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines. Somewhere in that, they lost the translation of I didn't do my board, to, so they just sit there and checked me off as I got it, and then I got promoted to sergeant about two months before my original. Without going to a board? Without going to a board. <laughs> wow. Now, granted, I was, at that point, I was... The senior corporal for, and this is coming from the mass sergeants that were like, you're the senior corporal of the unit right now, because I got ship tax to combat cargo. So like, I earned myself. There was no one's like, oh, we don't want you to get promoted. Yeah. It was just, I skipped that formality. But those boards did get implemented back in 2015, 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kyle, you didn't skip out any boards, did you? No, I unfortunately <laughs> had to go to every board. Um, I went to a couple, and I've finally got my promotion status but it didn't matter because I didn't my points were maxed out completely so I understand everyone's struggle when they talk about points yeah yeah were you did you take any classes to get points yeah I, I went to college when I was when I was in and I was only able to get about uh, nine credit hours okay. while I was in so it gave me some points but not enough for the max. Oh, okay. What's so, the max points? Seven hundred ninety-eight for. But how many points can you get for education? Uh, so I, I don't know the exact number, um, but I'm pretty sure they, they can use up to an associate's degree, I believe. Oh, okay. So, sixty credit hours. Maybe it is one hundred and twenty, but I, I'm pretty sure it's sixty credit hours. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of guys. It, Park will take classes just to get a few points. So oh, they, yeah. And then they stop out. And they're like, you know what? Yeah. This is a lot of work. You know, I'm in the motor pool till six or seven at night. Oh, yeah. It's you tough know, on those days. I mean, but that makes sense that YHEA only does that. I'm not sure if it's changed. Well, I was so correct me if I'm wrong. But when I was in, you can only get to do for your first semester one class. That's it. And then after mm -hmm. that, if you prove that you did good, you could do yeah, it's two. That, it's not that way now. No, they just give you a set amount of $4,000, and if you want to use all of it right away, yeah. you can, but uh, See, I, if you want to space it out, it probably would be better for you. See, I had a first sergeant. He knew how to use a system back when it was the way that I said. he would Because they'll pay all the way up to a master's degree back yeah. when we were in. Yeah. And so... He would go up and get one class shot of a master's degree and start a whole new degree. Oh, this dude had like three or four different bachelor's degrees and was a couple classes away from like another couple of masters. Wow. My only experience using TA, I, uh, so when I was working on my master's degree, I was not one of those smart majors mm -hmm. um, who got their degree while they were in ILE. I had been back-to-back -back deployments, I was in a new relationship, and uh, um, ended up getting married. And I was like, look, I'm focusing on my family. I'm. I'm not going to work, so when you're in the command drill staff college, you've got this opportunity to take extra classes on top of your regular course load and uh, earn your master's degree. And I was like, ah, I don't think so. That's pretty lazy. Yeah. Two years down the road, I'm like, oh, God, i got to get my master's degree. But I was in a key position at that point. Yeah. Um, so I started taking master's level classes, or my master's classes, and, man, it was, it was hard because yeah. I was working my butt off. But... It was definitely worth it. So I used TA, 
But one of the terms that I was in there, we had a uh, um, Congress didn't approve the budget, and so they didn't pay my TA for one of the terms. So I ended up paying full price, which was I was not. I remember every year when the government, <laughs> every year I was in government shutdown. Shut I'm no like, are we what. gonna get paid? I'm like, you're gonna get paid. You're yeah. non-negotiable. Yeah. They're not gonna risk not paying you. Well, you're always going to get paid, but your TA might get delayed. TA, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> TA is not a requirement. Yeah. Having someone to sit there and go shoot bullets is a requirement. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, so, I guess that kind of brings us to what we want to talk about next is the Global Warrior Center here on Park Park's campus in Parkville. Um, what, what all we have to offer. And Gary works here as well as Matt and myself um, so we we kind of all know the the different types of resources and we all have a different scope and view on things so we'll start off with Gary and what what you kind of see on a daily basis yeah so I kind of so when I came on board it was the middle of COVID so it was two years ago um, and we had the Warrior Center and it was actually up in Thompson I didn't actually work out of there um, blessed enough to be able to, to to be front and center now so in our, our new building the plaster center yeah. you know park honors military and and we don't just say that like we built this amazing facility um and that that is i think this is probably the best uh veteran center military affiliated student and veteran center in the nation i haven't seen one better anywhere else yeah i i used to be a uk student uh, umkc student yeah i used to be the treasurer for the sva over there and there now don't get me wrong like their center it's once nice. you get inside nice but it's kind of hidden you have to go in the building go upstairs yeah. all in the back corner so unless you're going up there you're not really going to know it yeah and so and last i heard numbers for them are just as struggling yeah, I mean, the facility is, is just a testament. They built a new building. Uh, we opened the building in August of 2021. And front and center, you come in, and there's this amazing facility. Now it looks like a bank, as everybody says. <laughs> I feel like I'm walking into the bank because of the glass. Yeah. Um, we got some more decorations than ever. We'll work on getting yeah. more. That's kind of building it up. Great study, study room where if you need to connect with a class, you can. it's got a, VT, or a uh, video camera and yeah. audio and all that great stuff. So it's... It's pretty cool, and, and snacks, and coffee, and so they, the, the institution has put that at the forefront of, of who we are. You come into our School of Management, the College of Management, this is what you see first, yeah. um, which is just amazing. Um, so our, our functionality in the space is one to serve the, the physical space, is to serve the, the community here in Kansas City. Obviously, sure. if you're a distance student and you live in Georgia, you can't use our facility, but how you can use it is through, um, it's a resource center. So we, we, we certify out of that center. So all of our VA certifying officials operate out of the center. Our student workers are there to answer the phones or, and, and do some mentoring with students as they come in. And it's, it's great. I mean, you guys do an amazing job down there answering questions, answering the phones, answering the email. Um, and for me, uh, it was a bit of a struggle because during COVID we didn't have anybody coming into the center. Right. So this year's been amazing. I think I think we're starting to get back to normal. We've got students coming in on a regular basis, hanging out, asking questions. Um, you guys are there, which is great. Folks come in just to watch TV and hang out. Mm -hmm. um, so it really provides that that place where a student can feel welcome, um, and the doors are shut. So if you want to, you know. Sling, sling around some F-bombs and talk like you're back at the barracks or, you know, wherever you're at. Right. It's okay to do that there. Um, and I think that that's, that's an amazing thing because our culture is very different. And this, um, you know, we call it transition or, or transition from, uh, you know, the military to the education to the civilian world. And that's what we're really trying to do is, is build that but really it's it's transformation because our culture is so different you've got to transform ourselves into into civilians and it's a struggle um you know i was on the struggle i struggle bus myself trying to figure this whole thing out i like that saying transforming instead of transition yeah. Yeah. just like at the end of the day you're still a veteran mm -hmm. and you still have this community that you could always lean on the issue is is finding that community yeah. and where it is because yeah. you're getting when you get out 
regardless of if it's after four years or 20 years, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know where to look. Yep. It's a whole yeah. new world and I personally am not going to have the time. So they'd be like, okay, let me go find this community. I didn't start finding other veteran communities until I was pretty much settled and I was already engaged. Yeah. Right. Well, I, and I think I can speak on it like from the most recent experience. I just recently got out of the Army in October. So, and that was a struggle because I was recently in South Korea right before I got out. And then I had to return back to my, my home base for Bliss. And I only got back within with 30 days until I was about to leave. So I didn't get to use all the resources that are available to all better or all active duty members, such as like using SFLTAP and the transition programs and things things like that. I didn't get all of those experiences. Uh, so I know the absolute amount of stress and anxiety that you feel when you're going through that and I know it happens to so many people yeah. it's not just me so when we come when I came here um, I came to park to visit and see the difference between the other colleges that I was looking at and when I came here the first place I was taken to was the Global Warrior Center and I as soon as I walked in the door I felt comfortable I felt like I was at like with my people with people that understood what I had gone through and also understood like day-to-day -day things and were able to talk to me in a way that I could talk because the communities are so different between being in the military whether you're National Guard, Reserves, active duty, it doesn't matter. Like that community is so different from a civilian life it, especially when you get into education like it's not the same at all. So being able to understand that and be able to like build that bridge and have somebody kind of help you along the way was like, I literally don't have words to express like how good that made me feel. And that's the reason that I chose to come to park. So if it doesn't have to be park when you're deciding a, a college to go to or anything like that, but if you can find a community like that, if you can find those type of people who will help you and there's no judgment or anything like that. Um, oh, there's judgment. There's oh. judgment, <laughs> but it's, if you can find people that are, that are good people and understand you, I, I can't say enough about how, how good this place made me feel. Um, and I hope everybody's able to find some place like this. I'm still waiting to meet a Space Force veteran. <laughs> judgment. <laughs> Judgment, Judgment right there. Judgment oh, right my there brother, my brother-in-law got so mad. Off topic, but like we went to Atlanta, and he lives there. He had just had a baby, so this is the last time we're gonna be able to like do like a silky hike together. Cause I love doing silky hikes. This is a big veteran community. We'll touch on that in later episodes. But I saw we all got mom told to carry flags. I'm like, I'm fine. I saw a red flag. I'm like, Marine Corps, mine. And he was a Marine as <laughs> well. I met him at boot camp, and. He saw a black one. So he's like, oh, this is a POW. I'm like, he's like, okay. It was a Space Force flag. So this dude was walking around with a Space Force flag the entire hike trying to steal the Marine Corps flag from me. There's a place for everybody. Yeah. There's a place for there everybody. Is. Yeah. We all give each other crud, but at the end of the day, like, we take care of each other. That's how our, our lifestyle friendly. is. You know? We gotta, you got to be able to give and take, no yeah. matter what. I just heard this the other day. People were talking about you know being offended. and So we... we the world is a touchy-feely place now, and, and we all have to be cautious and, and respectful. Right. But within the military, respect is a little bit different in our relationships. You know, and this one guy was talking about, um, you know, how in the military, you know, he, people come in and they start busting his chops, you know, and, and trying to be mean to him. And he says, the whole time I'm not thinking about how bad I feel, I'm thinking about how I can one-up that guy and make him feel bad too. Absolutely. You know, but it's not really feeling bad, it's about that brotherhood or that, that, that community, that sisterhood, that, that, that connection. And that's, oh, yeah. you know, it's, that's what makes the military very different. It's the community, it's the, um, the bond that you're just not gonna get anywhere else. And if you do it in front of like civilians, they're like, what? This yeah, is nobody understands. The amount of times I've had to explain to my fiance, I'm like, because I'll sit there and see one of my old buddies, and we'll just constantly be going insult after yeah. insult after insult. <laughs> and then they're, she's like, why are you okay with that? I'm like, 
it's just normal for us because at, at the end of the day, if I'm not insulting him and we're not smiling and laughing after it, something's wrong. Yeah. 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 I don't think people understand that. No. And in the civilian world, to see it from a different lens or to be looking through the glass windows that are the Warrior Center now, <laughs> you know, if, if, if they were to hear the things going on, I think, I think we might all get in trouble a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, and, and one of the things that as we... So as we moved into the new center and, and as, I, as I stepped into the role, um, so my original role is just a senior director for military veterans affairs. Um, but uh, as, I, as I moved and transitioned and kind of figured out what, what it is I wanted to do, I put together a strategy for, for our long-term goals. And <clears throat> having gone through transition, it's a nightmare. You know, and, and I thought, gosh, I'm a, I'm a retired lieutenant colonel. I send out my resume to 15, 20 different companies and no one calls. I'm like, I think I have some pretty good skills, mm -hmm. you know, but what I recognized is, gosh, I, I don't, I have a terrible resume because nobody can read it or understand it or they're intimidated by what, what I put on there. Um, I don't know how to interpret job applications yeah. and read because I'm probably applying for <laughs> things that are, you know, entry level positions because I don't know what they mean. Um, and then, you know, when you do an interview and talk to people, they're like, oh, wow, you're translating those skills pretty well. But getting that interview is problematic because right. those two pieces of paper are, you know, the, the, your resume and then the job description that you're trying to apply for. And we don't understand that. There's a, there's a break in, in that, that understanding. You know, so what we want to do here and, and what I really want to be able to do is, is create the network. So I got this job you know, from my network. When I was, when I was at the University of Missouri, I, I built a board out there of, of my alumni because I needed help because I was a, I was the PMS, I was on active duty. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't solicit for money, right. but I sure as heck could bring people in to help me solicit for money, you know? And, and uh, so I, I built this incredible board of folks. And after I retired, I was out on a run one day and uh, I get a phone call. I don't know why I answered the phone while I was working out, but I did and it was, uh, the, one of my alumni board members, uh, he's up at the CGSC Foundation, he runs that for us, and uh, he said, hey Gary, what are you doing? I was like, what do you think I'm doing? I've been out of the Army a month, I'm doing PT. You know, I, 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 and he goes, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, you got a job yet? And, oh, I was like, oh yeah, Rod, I got a job. I don't have a job yet. And he said, I got something for you. Put in, put in an application, I'll put in a good word for you. And that's how I ended up at Park. But it was, it was through the network. So. The big learning curve for me and, and for any network or for any veteran is it's about the network because the paper, nobody's going to understand the paper. So if you can get around the paper and figure out how to find jobs and get recommendations and understand that, then you're going to be 10, 10 times ahead of everybody else. Um, so in, the, in what, what I looked at as we try to develop things here at, in, at the Parkville campus for our entire network is how do we, how do we get a mentor program for veterans, right? So we built out a, uh, um, a uh, LinkedIn page uh, specifically for military. So it's the Park Military um, Closed Network. And what we've done is we've brought in companies that are veteran inclusive. I hate the term friendly. It's a bumper yeah. sticker on a minivan and it doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, it's, it's like, thank you for your service, right? <laughs> um, which we all love. But uh, so it's, it's, it's building out that, that network of people that care. So alumni are on there, students are on there. And I, I challenge anybody that listens to the podcast, you know, that is a veteran, uh, that is at Park or that is alumni, sign up for the, the Park Military um, Network on LinkedIn, because it's really good and it's helpful. But out of that, what I want is, I want our students to be able to go in there and ask the dumb questions. So find yourself someone that's in finance, that's an alumnus, or that, that's in the company, and ask those questions like, hey, I'm interested in finance. Okay, well, are you interested in personal wealth management? Are you interested in private banking? What are you interested in? So ask those questions as a, as a freshman, as a, somebody thinking about going to school as a junior, you know? Oh, yeah. um, and then if we can connect those, those mentors, then those people, that's your network. They're gonna get you that job. They're gonna be like, hey, you know, I know Matt is looking for an internship and I work at, you know, Bank of America yeah. and I'm alum from Park and I'm gonna take care of my own. He was military, I'm military. I know what those intangible skills are that Matt brings to the table. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it, it really breaks down the, 
the divide and it, it kind of makes it easier for us to transition from education um, into the civilian world. Um, so internships and jobs, if they can get them there, that's the way around. Oh, yeah. Back to like the whole getting out of resume, like, like you said, you had issues getting a job. Yeah. I went through the same thing. You, you had that networking. You were in yeah. uh, What I ha personally have seen is you get out in four years, at least for the Marine Corps, I'm not sure how long y'all's is. Yeah. You get a week's worth of yeah. education on like how to build resumes, VA benefits, all that stuff. You have like yep. one day for each. So you don't really learn anything. So like that's what I would love to see at GWC is like, and the SBA, because those two kind of work like kind of hand in hand, yeah. mm -hmm. helping you like develop like, hey, here's how you word this. Yeah. Let's quantify this. Absolutely. Make your resume look better. Where do you want to go? Are you looking for just a job right now to get you by while you go to school? Or are you looking for a full career or GS job mm -hmm. and connecting you with resources? Like even if we specifically don't have the capabilities to be like, hey, I can't help you build a federal resume right now, yeah. but here's a place you could go that will yeah. have that. So, you know, you went through, you didn't really go through TAP. You got the abbreviated version. You got TAP got for five days. I had TAP for five days. I was, I was in a senior leadership position while I was going through it, and I was doing my, my job at night while going through that program. And it's mandatory, and it's a great program. And you can go through it multiple times, which you should, right. but command groups aren't going to let you do that. Exactly. Um, and everybody knows, you know, once you... Um, once you tell everybody that you're getting out and you're not relisting, well, you're you're now you're on the blacklist. You yeah. know, you're you're not going to be um, you're going to be on every of. detail. Yeah. You're going to be doing all of that. And that's a that's a command problem, and right. that's that's a challenge that we as an army, as an institution, as a military have. We've got to figure out how to transition folks to becoming veterans easier, do a better job. We got back from our. Deployment, I call it a deploy. It's called deployment, but we were just on the 30 worst yeah. view. Like, it wasn't, we sat in a boat all day, but that's what it was at that point. And we got back, we had about 30 days. They pushed a dude through to get out. They made sure he went on deployment rather than put him in the remain behind unit to do all his out processing stuff. Yeah. And he just got screwed. Yeah. yeah. And I felt for that dude. I'm like, this is messed up. Yeah. That was one of the, that's one of like the last draws where I'm like, I, don't like this unit. I don't like how this is operating at all. We, right. we, we pay a lot of lip service to transition within the military, and we're not, we're just not good at it. We're not, and when I say we, I mean the military, the Department of Defense is not doing a good job with transition. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. Oh, well, and like, I don't, from, from what we've seen and all of that, there, there are the few that are doing it right, yeah. to, so to say. But try, or being in that spot to where you can find that person or have that person at your disposal is, is the challenge when it comes to the military because yeah. there are those few, but if you're not getting one of those few, it's gonna come down to, well, unless you, you just get lucky, Yeah. pretty you're, much. You're playing a massive game of Russian roulette, yeah. and if the bullet happens to be in that cartridge, that means you got a good unit. Yeah. I could count on my hand, one hand, how many like good senior leaders I've had and I regret not following them when I had my choices of units because my career projection would have been so much different. Oh yeah. And it is, it's, you know, it, but we're missing folks and, and we're not doing a great job. Um, and there are programs that are doing a wonderful job at it. Um, you know, I just talked with Fort Riley. Fort Riley's a transition assistance program. They've got two master sergeants that work in there. Hopefully we can get one in the podcast eventually. Absolutely. Um, and those guys, are getting after it, and they actually said that they've got a ninety nine over ninety percent placement into a job for all their transitioning folks. Mm -hmm. Now I don't know how many people are transitioning out of Riley every year, but that's a pretty good number. That's a good number, regardless. You know, my so uh, to go back to kind of my transition story. I know it's not about me, but um, so I recognize, hey, I'm a lieutenant colonel struggling, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I feel like. As I, as I came into this, I said, what is an E4 going through? What is an E3 going through? What is an E5 going through? They don't have a network. They don't have a retirement to, to not worry about, right. uh, not have to worry about getting a job if they don't need it. They don't have those same benefits, those same resources. Um, so as I stepped into the role here, I was like, man, we've got to create something that really helps with that transformation. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, you know, so the network and trying to help build the networks and then being a place that, that we have 100% of the resources you could possibly need. So if a student walks in, student veteran walks in and says, hey, I've got legal problems. I'd say, hey, 
I've got 40,000 veteran service organizations out there that can help, right? And of those 40,000, there's probably at least 100 that are, are in legal services. Um, so like we actually had a student come in. He said, uh, I'm trying to get a job. I got to do a security clearance for the job, but I got an Article 15 while I was in. I was like, okay, well, that's not, he said, but they think it's a, a, a federal uh, uh, conviction. I was like, well, that's not a federal conviction, first of all. It's, it's non-judicial, so it shouldn't be on, you shouldn't be delaying a security clearance before that. He said, I need, I need some help, someone that can talk to their, their HR, their lawyers, whoever. Mm -hmm. So I had just come out of a, a networking meeting um, with some folks, and the, the Kansas City Bar Association has an organization that does pro bono work for veterans. I said, here's a phone number. So it's about making those connections of those resources. Um, and it's not just in the Kansas City area. So, you know, I recognize every day that our network is 41 campuses across this nation. It's 22 different states. It's 30 different military installations, plus a large uh, handful of cities. Um, and it's students that are across the globe on deployments uh, so how do we how do we position ourselves with with servicing them out of our center? So we we are the experts for VA. If someone's got a question about VA benefits and how to get their benefits, call us. They can call um, and we can answer those questions. But if you have a challenge, we we are the resource network. Right. We're networked in uh, globally with organizations that want to help veterans. So there's no reason a veteran should should have struggles that they can't find solutions to. Mm -hmm. And even then, if, you call, if you're on a military installation and you call the education, or let's say all their lines are busy, their, that call automatically gets redirected to us, so we will be the ones that actually have to answer that phone. In the Warrior Center. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, we're already the center hub for so much, and yeah. we're still expanding as is. Yeah. Absolutely. And if, and if we don't know an answer to something, which is, is definitely possible, or anything like that we're not going to stop and just hang up the phone we're we're going to try to find that answer for you and i i mean it's happened countless times and it's going to continue to happen because we're not trying to leave anybody like us or that has dealt with things like us we don't want to leave them hanging because we wouldn't want that to happen to us either so yeah. that's the that's our main goal is to answer everything and just figure figure out a way to make your life better as well as like all veterans and active duty and spouses, dependents, all that. And yeah, I mean, our, our phone number's right there as well as our email. For those of you that are listening, it is 816-584-6530. Yeah. And, and it's, it's pretty awesome. Like what were, what, so I had a vision two years ago and, and in that vision, what I physically had was uh, two workers that are off the charts amazing, uh, a couple a couple of student workers, but no students coming in, um, and, and a whole lot of good ideas. And finally, after two years, we're getting momentum. You know, I said, hey, I want to start a podcast. I said, I don't want to run it. Um, I'll be on it and help out and chat and, and, and work things. But this is the first episode of that. Yeah. So that is, that, is, that is the next step. And the podcast, the whole reason that I said, hey, we need a podcast is because that transition, that transformation is so challenging. Oh, yeah. We need to be the resource that's talking to people and saying, hey, park's a good place. But even if you don't come to park and you listen, you can learn something. Yeah. You can figure out, um, you know, whatever it is that, that you're working through. And we've got it. We owe it to, to our students and to our veterans to bring on folks that are going to help them in life, in their transmission, uh, transition, in their transformation. Um, and that's exciting. Uh, that's really exciting to be able to see that I, starting to come to fruition. I'd rather see a veteran who's not even a park student come into the GWC if they're here or call us or if they're just feeling out information and get help and like, hey, here's where you can go. Yeah. Even if it's like, because just the other day, there was a veteran who came in, she's like, I need help finding a job. And at that point, for what she needed and how in-depth she needed it, I didn't have the resources to it. 
But I'm like, here's where you can go. Yeah. Go here, they'll help you redo your resume. They'll help you find jobs that you can with your resume. They'll help you figure out how the best route to do your education is beyond what I can recommend for you. Yeah. And so that's, I'd rather see them come here, get help, and never see them again, than them not get any help at all. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, our, our main goal, obviously, if you come to Park, we're going to be able to be more helpful. But we're we're here for any questions absolutely so that's what makes it great we're a nonprofit. yeah so like we can do i always tell people that like we can do nonprofit work and that's that's nonprofit work right. it's it's being the resource hub for for veterans um and and supporting our students and then helping out our community and the next step really i think for us is to to integrate and strengthen the park network and expand our programming to ensure that students at campus centers are involved um, and they're actively participating. You know, you get you got the SVA up and running again after two years of being completely dead. Um, and the next iteration of that is is that we we I want to put representatives at our campus center mm -hmm. that can you know at your monthly meeting or however frequently you guys are going to meet that can come in and see, have a seat at the table from um, from Fort Bliss, from uh, Camp Pendleton, from wherever we're at, and that they can then be represented. And, and the, the purpose of the, the SVA is really to be the voice of veterans at Park University. And then Matt can set up a meeting with the president. He can set up a meeting with me. And if there's concerns or there's issues or there's problems or the veteran community wants more at Park, they go through the SVA. He's the representative advocacy that's all that's yeah. what my major my personal major thing is and like I'm a big advocate for what I want and what I others need as well right now it happens to just be focused on Park University right. but my end goal is again going back to working with veterans and active duty advocating on their behalf yeah. especially when they're in positions that they cannot advocate and that's why I want to emulate here just like with the orientation, graduation, we're getting all that veteran stuff figured out. Yeah, and it's it's building out that network through the entire Park University, um, so that all of our students are supported. SVA, you know, we, we you guys are talking about the video gaming. Yeah. Well, what better way to in, incorporate folks that are remote than than to build out club teams? Like what I'd love to see is, you know. Our campus centers have a, a club team on our esports, right. you know, network, and because we've got an amazing esports team here at Park University, mm -hmm. Parkville, mm -hmm. that doesn't represent the whole network. Exactly. But something like esports, oh my gosh, the sky's the limit with that. Oh, club yeah. teams fighting each other in whatever Call of Duty or whatever <laughs> game you guys play. Oh yeah. You know, and then go into tournaments. Go to the Army tournament. Go to the Air Force tournament. Mm -hmm be the Park University team that's competing. And amazingly enough, you can have people in six different locations on that team, mm -hmm. you know, and then you're really representing Park, you're creating unity for the institution, and you're having a lot of fun, and you're doing something other, other schools aren't doing. Oh yeah. You know, so that, that's kind of, it's where we're headed. A lot of other schools also don't have the reach that Park University yeah. has. Because we got UMKC, they're part of the UM system. Okay, cool. So they have a couple of other schools. You could take classes in other UM schools online, but that's just from Missouri alone. Yeah. And it's the same way across other states. There's not many schools that have a national reach. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think as long as Park continues, and as well as us as the Global Warrior Center, continue to expand on that outreach as well as connect with people and network um, and just kind of get people to hear why we're here and what what we're about and just make the message clear that hey we're here for everybody like we're here to help um, so if if that continues I, I mean I can see I can see that happening I can see things like that um, happening to where Okay, yeah, Fort Bliss, we have that location. Here in Parkville, we have this location. Distance learning can even be participants yeah. and things like that. Um, just as long as we continue to try to push towards that, I think the sky's the limit. So yeah, yeah it's it's a that's I don't know. That's why I'm here. That's why I stay. You know, um, it's because we can really support 
our community. And this is our community. And it's, uh, you know, the veteran community is, it's unique. Um, it's, the, it's the biggest, you know, um, network of people on the planet. You know, and it's a it's a it's a culture that is um, forever connected. You know, you're never not going to be a, a veteran. Mm -hmm. uh, it's weird. I don't, did you guys think of yourselves as veterans while you were on active duty? No, not at no. all. No, <laughs> not no. At all. You know what? So to this day as well, like when people are like, "Oh, thank you for your service," I'm like, "I don't know what to say." Yeah, yeah, right. Although I did have a senior drill instructor who said, "It was like the best thing you could say." It's like my pleasure. It's the yeah, most. I always used to say, "Thank you for your support." Thank you for your yeah. support. I, like I just say time. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, a, it's never not awkward, though. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. Always, it's like, no matter what. I think we could do a whole podcast on that, talking about it for an hour. I felt oh, so absolutely. awkward at McDonald's when I pulled up. Are you a tattoo artist? No. Are you a veteran? Yes. I'm like, oh, this is awkward. It just became so <laughs> awkward for so many reasons. The guy with the sleeves, he must be a veteran. Or a tattoo artist. <laughs> or a tattoo artist. Uh, that's hilarious. So... Yeah, I, I think this is uh, this is the the next iteration of growth. This is the next iteration of service back to the community, um, and and that's you know I feel like this this specific episode feels like a marketing campaign, right. and I'm sorry if it feels that way. <laughs> it is. This is a great place. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's a great place that it doesn't matter if you're a park student or a veteran that attends park. Um, you know, you can just be a veteran or you just be a military service member that's looking for information. And that's what we want to grow this into is, is that resource. And it's about coming back to resources and helping with that transformation because it's hard. Oh, yeah. It really is. And, and I'll tell you, I don't, I don't feel like it ends anytime soon. No. No. It doesn't <laughs> end. There is uh, a magnitude of things that follow you when you get out. Yeah. And that's one thing that we'll touch on the podcast of like all the different struggles and obstacles that you face on a constant basis whether it's two days after you get out or 20 years after you get out some of these things are still going to be yeah. prevalent and they're still going to be an issue and knowing that there's others out there that have dealt with this mm -hmm. and that have been through it gone through it it makes things a lot easier when you know someone else has already gone through it oh, and definitely. made it on the other end versus shoot i'm doing this all by myself yeah nobody's yeah. alone when you're a veteran that's oh for yeah sure. And I mean, yeah, like like we're all kind of saying, this is our this is our pilot episode, just to kind of go over what what we're about, what why we're even doing this podcast, and uh, the types of resources that we're trying to provide to all the listeners out there. Um, once once we finally post the videos and things like that, um, and we just want to have that outreach and make sure that people can know that we're going to go through all the experience and sh share what we the knowledge that we have and <clears throat> and yeah that park park university is working towards helping veterans in any way that we can um so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it to you guys for one last message um and then i think we can wrap it up so if if you have anything that you just want to say to I guess embrace the whole podcast as one um, one message just to share Matt you, guys, you have anything <clears throat> you know like we're all here right now in this moment but this is going to continue after we're all gone because everyone's experiences are going to develop oh, yeah. so just because it's an old episode later down like 20 years down the road does not mean it won't be prevalent and if it isn't, there's going to be others to replace us that will sit there and take that mantle. Yeah. Right. This is the starting point. Yeah, and, you know, this is, I, I'm really blessed to be able to have a great team. Um, these guys are on my team and, and uh, um, really realizing the vision that we have for what we as an institution can do for our students and other veterans in the community, um, sharing information, uh, being a hub for resources, for veterans, uh, for military, um, and, and folks that are affiliated with us as well. And then it's moving towards growth within society and understanding that, that veterans aren't the three things that, that they tell us we are. You know, we're not all charity cases. We're not victims. We're not heroes. You know, and that, that's what society sees us as. Um, 
And I think that's, that's sad. Um, but if we can connect and break down those barriers, um, connect our students, connect our veterans with corporations, then the corporations can start seeing the intangibles that they bring, that veterans bring to the table that they're not going to get from their other employees. And just because you don't have the right certificate or the right degree doesn't mean you don't have the things that, that, that our employers are looking for. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's something that we want to provide uh, within our, our, our communities um, and continue to stretch that voice so that, that the, 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 the lens through which the rest of society sees veterans is a little bit different. They see us as a resource. They see us as educated. They see us as people that are great leaders. I mean, the first, first job you have in the military that you're in any leadership position, you're a team leader. You might be an E3. You know, but you got four people that you're in charge of and you might be in the military for six months. No other organization has that on the planet. Was, you know? I was a whole E4 and I was running a whole department out in South Korea. Yeah. And yeah. I'll be damned. I did a damn good job. Yeah. And and everywhere across the nation, veterans have the capacity to do a damn good job. Absolutely. And we need to we are obligated to make sure that society sees that, that our corporations see that. Um, and that they start recognizing that that veterans aren't all broken toy soldiers, right? Mm -hmm. um, that, that we have these skills where we can bring organizations to the next level. And it's any of you. It's whether you got out of Z5 or 6 or a lieutenant colonel, it doesn't matter. You have leadership skills that, that the rest of America does not have. You have the ability and the resiliency to work through any problem. Um, and so we're going to talk about those things, and we're going to talk about how we can expand within our communities to grow um, that network and to grow the vision of veterans not just being those three things. You know, and that's that's this is just the start. I'm excited to to um, be part of it, um, and I'm blessed to have have guys like you and gals that we have in the Warrior Center working and. And our campus center directors throughout our, our network, um, they do amazing things for our military and, and veteran community. And, and we're going to highlight them and we're going to talk about what they do and how they can help other veterans, other students um, to really kind of change the paradigm. Um, so this is an exciting new step. And thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. you for coming on today. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one last thing, um, the net, this is our pilot episode, so our next episode we're looking to cover the educational benefits. Um, if, if you have any recommendations or anything you would like us to cover, by all means, uh, those emails and those socials are our socials. Um, so reach out to us on there and we will absolutely try to answer any questions that you guys might have. Um, and thank you guys, appreciate it.